Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got with me Katie Collins. She's the Tri Life Coach. Welcome, Katie, all the way from across the pond in America. No, thank you. It's so great to be with you today. And whereabouts is it you live? Yes, we are in the northern part of the U.S. here in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, mm-hmm. okay. So, <laughs> Katie, what what made you decide on the title Try Life Coach? That that sort of indicates to me that um, it's around the number three. So explain to the listeners, first of all, a little bit about yourself and what led to, to you becoming the Try Life Coach. Sure. I um, So I love triathlon, uh, swimming, biking, and running. And I wanted to incorporate my expertise and my training as a professional therapist from the behavioral health and mental health background. I wanted to combine that in to athletics and sports and um, really support people that are interested in being a little bit more active, even if it's not into triathlon itself, but um, just kind of combining a whole wellness theme. So, Excellent. Love it. I, I like how you've combined that. So on today's podcast, we were discussing off air what, what would be a great theme for us to delve into. And you suggested how to transform self-doubt into self-love. I, I love that. I love that. So what's led you to sort of, I suppose, from your own personal experience to start with, examine this as a, an area for you? Yeah, absolutely. So personally, you know, this is something that I, of course, have worked on over the years and feel like as I'm getting older, I'm finally getting a little bit better about this. And also a lot of the clients that I work with really struggle in this area. And confidence and self-love is something I see over and over again with my clients. So it's definitely something I thought that might be applicable to some of your listeners and um, it's something that's obviously really, really important. Have you actually had to apply this, you know, into your own life and, and what were the circumstances that led you on that journey? Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, many times over and over again, um, you know, and, and this can apply, it has applied to me in my professional life, in my life as an athlete, in relationships, um, you know, so many different situations when you kind of have that little voice in your head that might be saying, oh my gosh, there's no way I can do this. Or why did, why did I agree to this? Or why did I put myself out there like that and make myself vulnerable? Um, So really transforming that self-doubt into a way to really boost your confidence, feel strong and secure, love yourself and kind of um, rewrite, if you will, what the messages are that that your mind sends you on a regular basis. Excellent. I, I love that you gave those examples. It's, that, that is something I think the vast majority I can, re- can relate to in terms of the self-doubt and also what we want 
to actually be thinking and feeling instead of that self-doubt. So thank you right, for being right. honest enough to share your own personal experience about that. So when you... Yeah, and you know, um, yeah, sorry. Lynn, well, one thing that just comes to mind. So just the other day, actually, I, um, I was involved in an event. So I do some consulting work and there was a big event that um, we had been planning for oh my goodness, at least six months. And it was finally time for everything to go live. And, um, I, I got dressed and I, <laughs> I thought, oh my goodness, I really do not like how I look, or I just felt really self-conscious. And, um, I did have a lot of self-doubt and I kind of got to the point where I thought literally in my mind about, oh my goodness, maybe I just shouldn't do this. Or, you know, those last minute jitters, like, like maybe I should just, just, just back out, you know, but obviously that wasn't an option. And I had to do kind of what I call my, use my mental ninja skills and talk myself through it. And it actually ended up being fine. It was okay. Like everything worked out well, but I think we all have those times when we, you know, get ourselves maybe a little worried or a little anxious and then, you know, kind of that, that fear sets in, if you will. Oh, most definitely. You know, it is that little um, mind chatter that, that that sends us off down a, a rabbit hole quite a lot of the time, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Right, right. So you, you, you mentioned off air that you've got five steps or five things that you actually share around the subject of how to transform self-doubt into self-love. What would be the first Absolutely. key one that you talk like to talk about on this? Yes. Number one, talk to yourself like you talk to your best friend. Uh, And if you think about that, I'm sure whoever you really love, or if you have a best friend, when you talk to them, I imagine you're uplifting, you're positive, you're encouraging, you're giving them lots of great feedback, and you're kind of like their number one supporter, I would imagine. And so many times when I'm talking with clients, when we start diving into what are the thought processes that go through their own mind and what are the things they're telling themselves, it's really uh, self-sabotaging and negative and toxic and harmful. So that's, that's really, I mean, it sounds pretty simple, but number one, start examining what are the things you're saying to yourself and then also pay attention to How do you interact with others and how do you treat other people that you care about? So if those two are drastically different, that might suggest that you have some work to do. Massively. I think, you know, anybody that's got um, a response, you know, such as anger or irritation towards somebody, it's not about that person, is it? Usually it's to do with something in our past that's been triggered, that's brought that up as an issue that you need to look at to, 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 uh, heal basically isn't it usually right yes I would agree with that so, so what's the the next one that that goes on from number one then what's number two uh, okay this is a really fun one so practicing positive affirmations I'm sure you know this has come up on your podcast before but positive affirmations really are those messages you're sending yourself that are kind and gentle and nurturing. And some people like to do this via journaling. 
So if you have a journal you write in every night, you could write some of those down there. And an example would be, I'm beautiful, I'm strong, I'm gorgeous, I'm smart, I'm brilliant. And, you know, the important thing to remember, too, is even if you don't genuinely believe these things yet, I still want you to write them down. I still want you to practice telling yourself them because over time, as your confidence improves, you will start to believe those things and those thoughts will become more and more natural. You won't have to necessarily work at them as much. Sometimes people like to make these colorful um, little printouts and laminate them and cut them and put them like tape them on their mirror or put them in their car. Uh, if you have a favorite book that you're reading, or if you love reading books, maybe you could just use it as a bookmarker, a positive affirmation, whatever that is. It could be something as simple as, um, you know, I am, I'm a good person. I'm, I'm loving, I'm kind, like whatever that is that, that you need to be telling yourself, um, those are really great ways to reinforce that. You could also, you know, some people will put them as reminders in their phone. That's kind of fun. So you can set like a little yeah. alert. So if you're, if you know, say at two o'clock in the afternoon, you tend to be extremely stressed out and frustrated because it's been a long work day for you. And, you know, maybe you just finished up the department head meeting and you're, you're tired, you're exhausted maybe that alert pops up on your phone that gives you that reminder of, I can do this. I'm strong. <laughs> um, I love yeah. that. And I think that's a great tip and an idea that's not been expressed on our podcast episodes before, but it's such an easy one to implement, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, you'll see a lot of people on social media will do fun things with these. They'll post them on their story or, you know, different outlets. And, and that's kind of fun to see other people posting those too, you know, so you could get some creative ideas from there. And especially around two o'clock, because I think that, you know, as humans, we tend to have that post lunch slump, as we call it. Don't we? <laughs> sure, right. <laughs> You know, when you're not feeling at, at your most uh, alert or confident and, uh, you know, you might. Well, over here, it's when the Spanish traditionally have their siesta. So. Oh, very nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So they're, but they've yeah. obviously got something sussed in relation to, you know, your body needs some sort of thing such as right. sleep to, to, to reset itself. But certainly setting yourself an alert like that to perk you up and, and reaffirm, you know, uh, something positive about yourself. It's fabulous. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. And then that, like I said, it just kind of helps what I, what I refer to as rewire your brain, because the more toxic you are to yourself, um, those, those kind of pathways, if you will, get kind of ingrained in your brain. And so it's almost a matter of retraining your brain to um, transform it into something that is going to allow you to thrive and grow. I also love what you said, Katie, around, you know, don't worry if you don't actually have it as a strong belief right now. You know, eventually with time, it will be get stronger and eventually become, you know, uh, a concrete, what I call a concrete belief. You know, in other words, you don't challenge it because, you know, you've now affirmed it to yourself so many times you actually do embrace that. Right. Yeah. And it's really exciting to see that happen um, with my clients because it's, it's such a fun process, you know, as they then start evolving. And it's almost like a whole new 
world of opportunity is opened to you because you're kind of taking down a lot of the barriers that you have set on yourself previously. Yeah, and they're barriers that we're not even normally aware of, are we? You know, because right. winning as, you know, giving yourself positive positive affirmations become a habit, don't they? And those yeah. old habits that you used to have where you're probably beating yourself up and doubting yourself and probably calling yourself, you know, negative names uh, can become a habit that you're not normally, for most people, conscious that you're doing a lot of the time. Right. So I think this is a great mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And, you know, this actually transitions nicely into number three, which is building your support network to positive, encouraging, uplifting people. And this one is really critical because what you surround yourself with and what you consume affects your mind in such tremendous ways. So, um, if you're, you know, say you look at your social media feed and if you're following things that are depressing, they make you sad, they make you angry, and that's what you're consuming throughout your day, of course, it's going to be affecting your mindset and your mood. You know, um, I, I tend to have so many different um people and organizations and groups that I follow on my social media feeds. And they're all things that inspire me. They get me excited. They, they, I'm passionate about them, you know, so for example, ocean conservation, you know, I might, I follow a lot of different pages regarding that or triathlon, you know, lots of different things that, that make me feel good and happy, you know? Um, And I think that applies as well to our, network of people that we surround ourselves with. So if your friends you notice are not necessarily supportive and they're constantly making you feel bad and and there's arguments and, and all of this toxicity, it's going to really impact your stress levels and your lifestyle. And again, quite often without us realizing that that is actually what's happening as well. You know, certainly uh, I definitely buy into what you're saying around this that strategy from changing self-doubt to self-love in that, you know, the environment is key because when I think about sometimes the negative family members or the negative friends or ex-friends, I should say now, <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or even co-workers, you might actually have to, in some situations, be around them, but it's about being mindful of that and keeping them at arm's length, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. I would agree with you 100%. We obviously cannot choose who our family members are. And sometimes we're going to be in environments, say at work, where we are surrounded by people that we necessarily don't um, connect with, really. So you're right. Putting those boundaries and limits in place, as you talked about keeping them at arm's length, that's perfect. Absolutely. You can have some very clear limitations on what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. And that will, like you said, protect you and go a long way. Most definitely. I tend to refer to them as energy vampires, those sort of negative people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. And so for those of you listening that maybe have not analyzed this yet, it would be helpful to take some time the next week or two and just pay attention 
to how you are reacting uh, physically and emotionally when you're having interactions with people. And sometimes this will manifest or show up in a way where, where maybe like your stomach is getting uh, upset or your stomach hurts, or you notice that you're clenching your jaw really tight, or you're getting a headache, or you're maybe holding your breath more than you normally would. Those are all kind of some indicators to let you know, hey, something's not right. Your body is, is really smart and is trying to give you some signals. Sometimes we don't always pay attention to that. That's great advice because I'm very conscious of, you know, when I'm around people that are those negative, what I call energy vampires, of how my mm. body's reacting to that, you know, and sometimes, like you said, that can be a clench in the stomach or a pain in the back, you know, <laughs> thinking mm-hmm. about, you know, and, and that can be sort of, I suppose, you know, for me, if I'm feeling a pain in the back, I'm psychologically thinking, you know what, this person is making me feel like I'm carrying the weight of their expectations on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And distance myself away from them. Mm -hmm. Right, yes. Mm -hmm. So, so like you say, your body's very smart. It's sending you these signals all the time. It's just that we're not trained to pay attention to to what's actually happening and the way we're reacting or responding in those situations, isn't it? Right, right. And a lot of times, um, you know, when working with people, I've found that some of us are really good at um, kind of being numb or tuning out what's happening in our life and how we're really feeling or we'll avoid things and we don't want to deal with them. We'll push them aside. And unfortunately, that's when I tend to see issues popping up like, you know, severe depression or um, increased anxiety. Sometimes people turn to self-harm or sometimes the addictions form be it alcohol or substance use, whatever that is, um, because they're 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 desperately trying to cope and manage. Yeah, and unfortunately, you know that there are good ways to cope and manage that you can be taught mm-hmm. that that are really effective. And and obviously, like you say, there are other ways that are are not necessarily so empowering, but are more right. empowering ways. Like you say, when we resort to addictions or harming ourselves. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up because that might be a key thing that's affecting somebody at the minute and uh, they might not even realise why they've slipped into that particular negative habit and it's usually on the back of, like you discussed, you know, um, a way of coping, which obviously is not a great way of coping and just know that there are some great ways of coping. Absolutely, yeah. And that's why, like I was like we were talking about for this number three, build your support network. Your support network might include some friends that are supportive of you. Maybe some family members that are, they do love you genuinely and they want to see the best for you. It could be a neighbor. It could be uh, a therapist that you're working with, a coach that you're working with. Maybe it's, um, you know, a sponsor that you have. So it, it, that can take a lot of different forms. It can take a lot of different forms. And I think one of the key things here is to remember it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody you have uh, immediate um, contact with, you know, in other words, face to face. Your your peer group could be somebody that inspires you that you listen to on YouTube, for example, couldn't it? Absolutely. Right. I I love listening to podcasts. And so thank you, by the way, Lynn, for doing this, because that's definitely something I use when I'm driving somewhere. I, I 
turn on an inspiring podcast that really is going to send that great energy <laughs> through me for the day. Yeah, absolutely. I was told that um, you're a product of the five um, peers that you interact with on a day-to-day <laughs> basis. And as I just said, you know, they don't necessarily have to be somebody that you know intimately or come into contact with face-to-face. It could just be a person that you follow that, that's going to be that inspiration for you on, online somehow. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So our number four that we have when we're talking about transforming self-doubt into self-love, number four is setting a small attainable goals. Now with this one, I feel like it's so important because many times people will set these really big, big goals, which we all need to have. Um, but then they miss a really important step is they don't have small attainable goals that they're working toward every single day that will eventually lead them to that long-term goal. And so sometimes people will set, you know, like we're talking about maybe let's, let's say, for example, say someone that has never, um, they've never ran a marathon before. They've never ran even a 5k before. And so, uh, for those that may not be familiar, the marathon is 26.2 miles. And, now a 5k is three miles. So let's say somebody says, okay, I I've never run in my past. I've never done a race. I'm just going to sign up for a marathon. And they, they dive into it and four weeks in they get injured and then they just give up and they're like, forget it, that I'm just never going to be able to do that. Well, a lot of people are able to do a marathon that have never run before. However, it takes some planning and some effort and some incremental building to get there. And so when you are setting some small goals, like say you have a training plan for this week, and maybe your first race is going to be a a 5k or a 10k, which is a little bit shorter. What's going to happen is you're going to feel so great and so strong and so confident because you've been able to do this thing that you've never done before, that's going to build your confidence and help you as you're working toward that bigger goal. Massively agree with that. And you know what, even if you've got a health issue around, um, you know, your physical limitations, or even, you know, if you're overweight, and and you feel that you can't even run you know, to the nearest lab post. I mean, just making it a goal initially to to walk to walk to your garden gate and back or up and down the stairs a couple of times a day, which you wouldn't necessarily normally do, perhaps, is 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 that first step, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Right. And yes, you can apply that to any area and any level, any age, any gender, any physical ability. You're right. You can scale it to whatever is right for you. Another, um, I suppose, thing that popped into my head, which I hadn't thought about for years, is um, I read about an athlete and uh, he'd been running marathons and he'd done, I don't know, he completed, you know, I can't remember the amount of marathons, but he completed a lot of marathons within a certain time frame. And he was being interviewed by um, a guy who said to him, my God, mate, he says, how did you do it? He says, how did you keep up the inspiration and the motivation to keep going and keep doing these marathons you know, day in, day out, deep, week in, week out, you know, within this short time frame, um, you know, and just do it. And he says, well, I wasn't thinking about, you know, all the miles I've got to run. He says, all I was thinking about was I've got what, what, what that next mile was going to be, you know, and um, just focused on 
that next mile rather than the whole race. Perfect. <laughs> or the whole, yes. Or the whole I, I, Right. I, I use that strategy myself, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was something like he ran 999 miles in total, something like that. And he says, mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about the 999 miles. He says, I was just thinking about that next mile. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I would agree with that. And so many people find that when they start doing something that they enjoy, and this could be bowling or golf or tennis or Zumba or yoga, whatever it is, a lot of times people find that they meet others that have a similar passion or have a similar lifestyle and they can really connect with them. And that becomes such a strong source of support um, that it's really encouraging and it's just such a great experience. And that is part of kind of what keeps people doing those things. Because for me, you know, I've done lots of events over the years, um, Ironman triathlons, ultra, you know, distance runs, marathon swims. What I love about it is I will have usually some friends, some good training buddies that I spend my time training with. And really that preparation time, getting ready for the actual race is it's my therapy. I call it. I say it's my way of kind of coping and processing through what's going on in my life. And it helps me to feel really good and excited and stay positive. So it just has so many health benefits. Great stuff. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So it's all about chunking it down really. You know, if you've got a six month goal, for example, chunk it down to a you know, what, what, what each month might look like. And then it, look at that first month and then chunk it down again and think what you could do probably in the next couple of weeks towards it. Right. Yes. And, and daily too. And I like to tell people, you know, with the attainable goals every day, when, maybe when you're going to sleep at night, you can look back and reflect on what was a positive success for you that day. Because so often we're so hard on ourselves and we're always beating ourselves up. Oh, I did this wrong or I didn't get this finished and I really wanted to. That we kind of take for granted what we did well. And this can be anything. You know, for somebody maybe that's been battling depression, for them, it might be that they actually got out of bed and brushed their teeth that day and that they're still alive. You know, so, so looking back at that and saying, okay, I did it. I nailed it. This is what I did today. And then the next day, maybe that person gets out of bed, brushes their teeth and is able to have a conversation with somebody, you know, whatever that is scaling up. Love that. Love that, Katie. It's, that's, that's great. You know, because it's those small little things that, that, um, you know, make, all the difference. It doesn't have to be anything huge or big or overwhelming, does it? Right, right. So, okay, let's let's listen to see what number five is. I'm waiting with bated breath. <laughs> All right, yeah. So number five, you want to kind of like we were just talking about, keep track of your success. So not only at night when you're going to sleep, reflecting on the day and what went well, I would like to see people write it down. So some people like to use a journal. Some people have uh, some software that they use. You know, some athletes say we'll use a program called Training Peaks and they might make notes in there. So you enter it all online. It tracks what you've done and it has lots of statistics, but there's also areas that you can write notes of, you know, today I was really proud of myself because 
even though, you know, at mile three, I felt like I just wanted to stop and give up. I, I took a break. I did some deep breathing exercises and I was able to go another quarter mile, whatever it is, writing down what that success is. Um, and then going back and looking at it will help you to kind of reinforce, okay, these are the things that I'm doing. Well, look, I am improving. Look, I'm getting so much better. I'm getting so much stronger because we oftentimes we don't pay attention to that. We're just always so hard on ourselves. So keeping track of your success is really important. And, you know, this could even be done by putting a post out, like saying, Hey, I just wanted to share this with all of my followers. I'm really excited that I was able to do this for the first time in my life. And then there too, you'll get some great feedback from the people that follow you and support you online. Um, so there's lots of different ways you can do it. You could even have a, just a conversation. Maybe if you, if you have a spouse or if you have a child or uh, a parent or someone, talk through that with them and let them know like, hey, I'm so excited. I, I did this and I never, ever thought I'd be able to, to get this done. You know what? That's just reminded me of my mom. She was so excited the other day because she recently had um, an operation because she got bowel cancer and she had. She was lucky she was able to have keyhole surgery and she really thought she might end up with a, is it a stoma or a stomy bag? You know, but okay. she, she, didn't, she didn't actually, but she's in her early 80s and she was able to sort of um, manage uh, to not have to have uh, the, the bag that she thought she might end up having to have. Um, right. And, over the period of time that she's been um, having the treatment and, and building up towards the the actual operation, she was losing a lot of weight. You know, she was really losing mm. a lot of weight and getting very frail and thin because she wasn't able to eat a lot and her toilet habits were affected and what have you. Um, but then she she called me the other day and she's sort of a couple of weeks past the operation now and she said, you know what? I had seconds today for my food. She's, you know, has a, about a 200 gram meal. Um, uh-huh. I, was, I just I still felt hungry and I was able to have another portion. She says, I just wanted to share wow. that with you. And I thought, oh, that's really sweet. I love that. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's so great. Right. And, you know, um, having that mentality where you can be in the moment and be grateful for what we have right now is it, that's so valuable i agree 100 uh, percent. i think it's important and as well probably maybe sort of first thing in the morning think about probably what were the three wins that you had the day before like you said it, it might even be for somebody that they managed to get out of bed and brush their teeth and that was a win mm-hmm. for them uh, mm-hmm. and also think about what three things they'd like to win on that day you know sort of and then they could just literally be small very small steps towards something bigger that you want to achieve in long term. Uh, But, you know, just set that intention. Right. Definitely. That's so important. And, you know, everybody seems to have a system for how they like to do things. And so um, determining what's right for you and what works well for you to do that is important. And you can try lots of different methods. So for me, uh, I I really struggle with concentration. So (laughs) um, that's always been a struggle for me. And I know that the more scheduled and regimented I am, the better I do. I also know that using my uh, Google calendar is essential for me because I 
I put everything in there. If I need to have it done, if it's important enough, it goes in there and it has a color code and it has a time and that really keeps me on track. Now, I want to make sure to mention though, I don't put in like a long laundry list of stuff that has to get done because so many of us tend to bombard ourselves and we have these very high expectations of all of these things that we need to get done that sometimes those take precedent over the really important things in life. Like for me, the most important thing in my life is spending time with my son, my daughter, my husband, my dog, my family, my friends. So if I'm making this long laundry list of a million things that I need to do, maybe I'm dusting for the third time this week. Really, that's not important. That's not that's not critical in my life. I'm not going to put that on there. And, and trust me, my house has never been dusted three times a week, but I'm just using it. <laughs> no line. No <laughs> yeah. line, I have to say. I'm not, I'm not a Mrs. Show home type person. <laughs> right, right. And so I think, um, you know, I just say this with caution because if, if people are doing that, I want it to be intentional things that are important, you know? And so for me, it might be, I might have to put in there meal prep or grocery shopping because I know I tend to not do the best job of getting the nutritious food that I need. Um, and so because I have some medical issues, I need to make sure that I have the right foods because I have allergies. And so if I'm eating stuff, I'm not supposed to be eating, I'm going to have a reaction. Mm -hmm. So for me, I might be putting in my calendar, grocery shopping or meal prep. So I make sure it gets done. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It does. And I think another thing that we definitely need to schedule in for ourselves is that, you know, me time, what is it that makes you happy? What's going to help you chill out? What's going to help you to uh, relax? You know, because quite often we get so bogged down with, like you say, other non-important things that aren't going to be conducive to our well-being and self-care. And, and then we're, we're depleted, aren't we? And, um, you know, sometimes we do need to schedule some just me time. Right, definitely. Even if that's just vegging in for vegetating on the sofa for an hour in front of the TV, if that's something that you yeah. love to do, or, you know, for, to watch your favorite soap or whatever. Definitely. Yes, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Right. It's Katie, thank you so much for those five steps. I loved listening to every single Aww. one of those. It was great. Yeah. yeah well, so thank you for having me. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's you're more than welcome. So, how can uh, our listeners? contact you what's your best contact information if people want to reach out yeah so just my website life coach katie and katie is k-a-t-e-y so lifecoachkatie.com and um yeah if they'd like i have a video i can share with them on that website there's a little chat box if you just type in anxiety health I can send a video and that would just go to you. It's a free video because a lot of times anxiety kind of ties into this idea of self-love. You know, sometimes they unfortunately go hand in hand. So I have an in-depth video if they want to get that, that I can send off. Thank you so much. I'm sure that'll be much appreciated by some of the listeners that are on the call today. So sure. thank you, Katie. I uh, really enjoyed that conversation. Yes, thank you. Have a great day. Okay, listeners, it's time for me to wrap up and just remind you all that true love starts with opening our hearts 
And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.